All right, all right. Well, listen, I love that intro. I don't know about you, Brian, but that gets me hyped up. Obviously, it's a lot of people you know from our Apex world of friends. Uh, I'm happy to have Brian, Dr. B, Brian Holly on the show today. We're going to be talking about matching skills for success because this is something that I've gotten tuned into real heavily in the last you know, six to eight weeks in my business here in the big ticket life business. And uh, it's just unlocked a whole lot. So Dr. B, Brian, welcome to the show. Thanks. I was, I was watching that intro. I was like, man, I'm going to pull up a chair, get some popcorn. I know all these there's some real yep. uh, winners on that thing, so yeah. I am yeah. honored to be. I'm honored to be on here with all these other people you've had on. It's like holy cow, man! Thanks for having me. Yeah, yeah, it's been uh, it's been a wild ride to this point. We got more fun planned for down the road for sure. So um, let's uh, let's kind of jump right in. I'll kind of kick it off with where I'm at in my world of things, and then. Let's just start that way. So as I said, like six, eight weeks ago, it kind of unlocked in my, in my brain for, for me to put myself out there as you know a, a fractional chief visionary officer. Uh, I've had a handful of op- deals and opportunities come my way since. Was in Connecticut early this week, um, inked a deal there. And it, it really comes down to in life, if you're not teamed up with the right team and then having a deeper understanding of the skills on that team, you're just not really set up for success. So we're talking about really visionary and integrator stuff, right? So I'm a high visionary and I think you're you're a mix of both, but you skew a little on the integrator side, right? Yeah, the opposite. I'm a little bit more, a couple points higher on the visionary. It's like okay, night and okay. stuff, visionary, either low 90 or upper 80 integrator. So I, I'm going to say I'm a, a visionary but a forced integrator of years of having to do this stuff. Yep. Yep. Yeah. So uh, why don't we, why don't you just kind of, I'm going to pass the baton to you on, um, on what your thoughts are on matching up with the right people and really then digging into this visionary integrator talk. Like, why don't you share with everybody your view of what that is and, and uh, how to line those skills up for success. Yeah, absolutely. And, and, you know, and it goes beyond just for the business. It can also work in the marriage too, <laughs> you know, hundred um, percent. which in a sense, it, business partnerships is a marriage. It's just another form of marriage. So what, what I, what I have found over my years, and I've been an entrepreneur since I could first, well, good gosh, gas was like 40 cents a gallon or 30 cents a gallon. Since I could push a lawnmower, I've been an entrepreneur. And then I built my lawnmower. My lawn mowing juggernaut up to where I hired crews and I hired managers and blah, blah, blah. You know how it goes. And that's when I first started learning about different personalities, how they mesh. And about, I always had the, the, the vision. I could see, okay, if I do this, then I'm always trying to think three or four steps ahead. If I do this, then I can upsell on this, or this will lead me to this, or this will lead me to the snow removal in the winter, or I could do this. The visionary did how I wanted to go and how I wanted to scale. And that's always been a part of me. Uh, my wife will call it squirrel syndrome. I, I, I call it just good attention to being visionary and seeing what's out there. I, I'm lying. It's squirrel syndrome, okay, to be honest with you. <laughs> um, but the visionary, that has served me well because I know, I know my weaknesses and I know my strengths now. 
I always, for the visionary part of me, I always, whenever I work with a client, I always take the 30,000 foot level and try to see what is around the perimeter and what we could do to expand. Because businesses and life, you're either expanding or contracting. You're never staying the same. I'm always of expansion mode. So with that right. being said, Jeff, I love the expansion pro- processes. And I, I alluded to a little bit jokingly that I was a forced integrator also. I'm a high integrator. Um, I'm kind of a hybrid. So if I need to get down and build the CRM, if I need to do the SOPs, I need to manage the people, I need to come up with all the policy procedures, I can absolutely do it and I do it. Is this something that, that I will beat the alarm clock up every morning? Probably not after a while because that's not my passion. My passion is in creation. So I'm a visionary, but you gotta have some person on your team or the capability to have that integrator mesh in there where they can make sure that your dream is coming to fruition. The cool thing about it is if you have a mastermind or you have a partnership with someone who's the opposite, that dichotomy, you can run ideas, then they can show you how to make it work. They can also hold you accountable. Then you can just keep stair-stepping yep. off of each other. That is the beauty of having that in place. Yeah, I mean, that that stair-stepping analogy that you did, and it pays to watch the video because Brian talks with his hands. I talk with my hands. Uh, <laughs> sometimes my hands need to help me to talk. Uh, but yeah, it, it, this is why it pays to, to hit the YouTube channel up for the Big Ticket Life and catch the videos or watch them as we put them out on social channels, not just on audio players, but uh, on video too. But yeah, that stair-stepping effect. I mean, in my retail business that I co-own with my partner, Ben McClure, I mean, uh, what a gift, what a blessing to have him there. Because he, you know, before I even understood what all this stuff was, where you scored personality profiles, where you scored on your skill sets, we just knew we were like yin and yang, you know, we're, he's, we're our each other's respective business spouses, if you will. And I, I've often joked that it would be harder to end my business partnership than it would be to end a marriage, right? Because, you know, you're, you're contractually, you've got vendor agreements, you got leases, all these things that are just so entangled, but it's a good entanglements with my business partner, Ben, because he's just amazing. Um, and they can both be this. costly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they can. They can, which is why it pays to figure them out and really kind of understand uh, things. So like for me, when you talk about SOPs and CRMs and stuff, like me, I understand what all needs to happen. But like you said, I personally can't get up and beat the alarm clock for that stuff. And there's nothing wrong with that. It's The key is in finding people, right, that are excited about that. So I guess let's talk about for people listening and watching, like how do you go find people that are excited for the things that you find like just awful that you like <laughs> rather kind of like, you know, like honestly, like clicking my day away inside of a CRM, I'd rather take a tack hammer to the forehead it, than absolutely than do it, that. It, it was but believe, but believe me when I say I can structure them with the best of them. Yeah. I know the modalities. I know what can be done and I'll challenge what hasn't been done, but doing it, no way. So your tips on how to find those people and bring them together. Well, 
the first thing I got to say is know thyself. You got to know what you are um, before you know what you need and what you're where you're going to be going with your company. So if you're the integrator, you, you, there's a ratio of four to one on average. So you got four visionaries to one integrator that's out in the consumer uh, employment workplace and everything else. And you can either hire them directly or do a fractional CFO or, or CEO uh, contract with them. So if you don't want to hire full time. But one of the best ways that I have done is built my business. And again, that's why I say I'm kind of a hybrid because it's not where you can just go on Indeed or Wise Hire and say, hey, I want to integrate it. You could. That would be a great job title. You'll probably get some applications. But you also can get one that fits the profile of, say, an integrator or a visionary, whichever you need. But then it goes beyond that, in my opinion. I could have, I could be the visionary in my company and I could go on Wise Hire Indeed and say, I'm looking for a CEO, an integrator, blah, 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 to come join my ranks. I may get 10 or 15 of them that apply that are, they can take the standardized test that says, yep, you're an integrator. But when I meet them, my energy has to work with them. They have to still jive with my personality. Their core values have to fit my core mm. values and the core values yep. I have in my company. So it goes beyond just the initial uh, screening of a profile, but that that's the beginning, in my opinion. If I shake someone's hand, man or woman, that tells me a lot about them, I got to be honest. And if I get the heebie-jeebies, but on their resume and everything, they, they fit perfect, I'm not going to hire them, I'm not going to work with them. On the other hand, I've done deals, and you know this, Jeff, on a handshake with people and built businesses and go forward with plans just because I felt to hear. And, yep. and that means a lot to me. The ones that I know that are hiring specific entities, just to really narrow it down mechanically, they're going on Indeed, WiseHire, Craigslist, Marketplace. They're also doing some, it's not as ethical, um, but they're also going out and going to the businesses and headhunting. They're hiring headhunters to get them. Because they're, they're first identified what they what they are, second identified what they need, and then they're putting it out there to get that person. Yeah, yeah. Um, you touched on the the understanding, or well, I guess really we should take a step back. The establishment of mission and core values, because I think before you go build a team and you match skills. If you don't have those things in place, what what truly are you really building on? I mean, this is where people struggle with all of the personality profile tests. Because like you said, if the energy doesn't match, if the alignment around value, ethic, moral, and mission doesn't match, hey, it's great you perfectly integrate the D, the I, the S, and the C. But you know, if you're a corrupt individual, <laughs> either on the surface or internally, it just ain't going to work out. So... Um, let's, you know, let's, when let's, I used to go into these jam on mission and core values a little bit. Yeah. When, when I used to go into these businesses also, I call it adding uh, a lot of them would have the wrong people answer the phone. They'd have the wrong people leading the, the, the teams to forget the integrator visionary for a minute. Um, it, for instance, if I have a, a driver personality or an analytical personality type, you know, the bean counters and all that answering my phone. That's not going to come across how I want it. I want an expressive personality answering my phone. Likewise, if I'm going to have a leader leading my team and leading the tree, taking charge and getting stuff done, 
I want a driver personality, not amiable. I want an amiable for customer service, calling back. How are you doing? How's it going? And then you right. also need to know how to talk to the person. Who's the other person on the other line? Are they a driver personality on the other line you're trying to talk to? If that's the case, they want to know the, the nuts, the bolts. How long is it going to take? How much does it cost? Is it going to help my situation? The expressive personality, you're going to want to talk to them about their dreams, their vision. You're going to be able to go out and play with your grandkids. This is what you're going to be able to do. You know, so it goes deeper with a lot of things. Whenever I, I go into a business or a situation, that's what I first look for to see, make sure what they have, they got properly placed. And then number two, then I look at the core values and then we'll look, make sure all the, all the inmates in the asylum fit the core values. Otherwise the inmates will be running the court, the, the asylum. And then third, right. what I, what I do is look to see what gaps based on, we do a gap analysis where we are now, where we want to go. And then what's it going to take to get there? Can we do it with our team? Do we need to modify and restructure our team? If that won't get it, then we need to hire a visionary fractional CFO. Then we start plugging, plugging the holes. Then after that, the fourth step is managing it, making sure everybody can play on the same team and everybody knows the goal and the direction we're going. Yeah. Yeah. Um, speak to, uh, well, so I'll take step back from the question I was just going to ask. So really what you're talking about there, filling the gaps, hiring to where you're going to go. That is the Wayne Gretzky quote, right? Skate to puck, skate to where the puck is going to be. Right. Yeah. And be, and be willing to write that check. Our friend, Brandon Brenningham, my fantastic producer, Chris Stone from cast ahead, uh, Dot net who produces my show, put the intro together, does fantastic work, by the way. If you're looking for a podcast and you're listening, you should definitely reach out to him. He's in the show notes to contact him. But he ends my intro with Brandon's quote, nothing wrong with being humble, but there's also nothing wrong with your superpower. Stepping into your superpower and letting people know about it. He stroked that big check. He shared it with us uh, uh, in our groups and, and publicly. So I'm not sharing anything I shouldn't, but like he wrote a big old check for, I believe it was a COO or a C CFO and just blew his company up in major, major positive ways. And it scared him, scared the bejesus out of him, right? To do so. Uh, but boy, what a game-changing thing. So that principle of moving, you know, skating to where the puck is going to be it's just not like a cool poster with Wayne Gretzky hockey player you put on your wall. It's it's like this is a mantra. You got to live it if you want to explode in business. A hundred percent. And I'm a firm believer of hiring the right people to where you want to be. And if you're a good entrepreneur and you're trying to join a company, you will even talk to the CEO, the parents of B, and show them what they need and create a space for yourself based on where the company wants to go. You know, so many people hire for the dollar they have now for the for the things they have now. And like I said in the beginning, we either expand or we contract. We don't stay the same. So you've got to right. hire in advance. That doesn't mean you go off and spend all your budget because there is a thing such as overhead creep. we got to watch that as entrepreneurs in business owners. But you still want to forecast and map your plan, uh, plan your work and work your plan. That's what you got to do day in, day out. Yeah. Yeah. 100%. So 
we talked about, or you mentioned, uh, business and in marriage. So how do we translate all this talk uh, into marriage at home? Oh my gosh, I got to be careful with this because my wife will probably see this episode. <laughs> <laughs> Love Jody, by the way. She keeps you in line. She she does. Uh, I'm a str- I'm a strong alpha male personality, and my wife has uh, tied my tail in a knot several times over our, over the years of our marriage. We've been married almost <laughs> almost almost forty years now. We've been married. Oh, and, congratulations! Well, thank you, thank you. Five has been wonderful. So, <laughs> um, Chris, what? We'll edit that out, Chris. <laughs> good thing we know people with mattresses in case I need a extra. Um, but in all seriously, though, I've always been the visionary. I always have it. Always, well, that's my persona, my personality, my outlook. Jody is the driver, the get down to the nuts and bolts. She does all the stuff. So, okay, what I do when we had our seven clinics, we were expanding, we were going all over the place. I was flying all over the country. I was on magazine covers. I was the guy. Jody was behind the scenes, keeping it all organized, managing the staff, having the schedules laid out for us, knowing what the next step was. I had the big picture. She put it in and mapped the cal- matched the calendar to it. Then we just hit the deadlines. Without her, I couldn't have done it. And that's the beauty of, of having a spouse that has that mindset. Now, the problem that I've seen, and I, I coach a lot of couples on this is they can have a multi multi million dollar vertical company that say the just in my situation the wife is the integrator the guy is the visionary the wife is keeping the person going you know vicariously the wife or the spouse will live their life centered around the other person and after years of doing that they don't realize it, but they lose themselves in the development of the company and of the marriage. And then what happens then? Then you start to get, you hear about the couples drifting apart, start doing their own thing. Yep. Marriage is ending. It's like, what happened? But they're millionaires. Who cares? So what I try to work with and what saved us, and I'll, I'll share with you what saved us, is we take and we write down our individual homes, what we want for ourselves, our health, our fitness, our our finance, our spirituality, what we want to see in the next 30 days, 90 days, and a year. I write that. Then Jody has her pad that she writes hers on. And I, one of my clients, I asked, hey, you know, would you be able to tell me what your spouse's goals are for themselves mm. in the next 12 months? That's good. Very rarely can they do that. I just got off a phone call with one, and I'm not going to mention names. I said, can you tell me what his are the next 12 months? And she said, oh, yeah, I, I can. I said, can, can he tell me yours? And she said, oh, hell no. I said, okay, mm-hmm. then you're living your life around and through him. You forgot who that little girl was. You need to rediscover that girl, that back, who you wanted to be, because you're here with a gift, and that gift is in that little girl. You're living it through him. You both can develop. So we have our own separate goals. But then what's kept us strong, Jeff, is once a month, we get away. We'll do an Airbnb. We'll do something. Just get away out of our element. And we will do a couple's goal. Then every month, we get away and we revise, modify, 
We gut check on our couple's goals together. How many yep. houses do we want to buy by the end of the year? What do we want to do in our fitness? What are we going to do for our grandkids? And we make sure that we live and die by that as a couple. That way we grow individual and we grow as a couple. That has been one of our biggest secrets to our 40, almost 40 year marriage. Kind of sounds like one of those KPI meetings in business in a boardroom. It kind of does. Right? It's right. I mean, it's kind of funny how it's the same kind of structure, but you know, and I love what you're saying about. You know, the, the spouse lives through the, the visionary or the leader, uh, uh, person in the relationship. You know, I mean, my marriage early on, we were celebrating 20 years this summer, uh, next month, actually. And, Congrats. Um, yeah, thank you. Thank you. I mean, for, for folks my age, that's, that's, uh, not common, unfortunately. <laughs> um, you know, the, my, you know, my generation is more like, you know, we, we kind of, some of us treat marriage like we treat owning cars about one every five years, right? So, it's a throw, it's a throwaway generation sometimes. Yeah, it's, uh, it can be sad, but, uh, not in this house. And, but, but, you know, look, we're, we're certainly far from perfect. And early on, you know, to that, to that comment about where are the goals? How do you match up the goals? I mean, in 2005, my wife could tell you exactly what my goals were. But I didn't know what hers were. And then when, when it hit the fan and we had that meeting, it was, don't you see what I'm doing? And she says, no, yeah. I see what you're doing. It's just not what we're doing. And hundred percent. That and that eliminates that, was that. This eliminates a lot of, well, you don't see what I'm doing at home. You don't appreciate me. Or, you know, hey, you know, it's Friday night. I want to go out, but you're exhausted. Why? Why won't you take me out? Or, you know, it eliminates a lot of that if you guys stay on the same page. Yeah. I see that in business also that the, the, I just, I just was talking and you know, them. I won't say their name, but they're two bi business partners that build funnels and everything else. I was just like, do, do you know where you're, you're, you're in a state of affluent growth. There's, there's power phase, there's normal phase, there's danger phase. They're in a state of affluent growth in their business. Meaning for those of you guys that don't know that it, it's a it, sudden influx of business and you're just, you're sucking water through the fire matter because customers, money, everything's coming in. And I told him, I said, that's the, a beautiful stage, but it's also the most dangerous stage because that's when yeah. implosion begins. Because if you don't have the systems, the processes, and the right people, you will start imploding and you can implode and kill a business faster than any other phase in that phase. I said, so what you guys need to do is make sure you got all the systems in place, know who and what's handling, get your org board, based on your personalities and, and the different skill sets. And then you're in this phase, you're getting all this money coming in and customers, where are you going to be in six months? Where do you want to be in 90 days? Where do you want to be in 12 months? Both partners need to know this and dial this in, then work together, just like in a marriage. Yeah, yeah, no, 100%. And I found, you know, in those growth modes, um, I found the way to you know, kind of uh, build buy-in and build acceptance to the processes that need to happen and need to change, right? Because let's face it, when you've got people on your team, you know, AKA employees, right? I like to say on my team because they are my team because I don't do yeah. anything I do without a team around me. Uh, in my journal this morning, that was my GCO journal. That was uh, uh, one of the things I was grateful for, my teams. And 
because I don't get anything done without them. That's for sure. But you know, I had a conversation yesterday and kind of started off on the wrong foot about uh, how we're adding on um, and making sure our customers are investing in the whole system in the retail mattress store, the pillows, the sheets, the protectors, because it's all important. It's not meant to be uh, a money grab. It, it is an important part of the experience. And we at minimum owe it to our customers to have them understand that. And the reality is our team's doing a good job, but we were doing a good job in spite of the process getting a little sloppy. So they really were digging down deep. And then here I come just throwing dirt on top of them. Yeah. Right. And, yeah. and I had to take a step back. And my sales manager, I, I, I pulled him aside afterwards. I said, hey, thanks for pushing back on me. You stuck up for your guys because here I come kind of like the, the general in the army, if you will, down on the, uh, I don't know what the next level down is. And he's like, hey, man, we're taking shrapnel for you, right? And uh, so my sales manager says, hey, if, we, if you just read the report I sent this morning, which I know you probably didn't get to yet, you'll see our numbers are actually up. He said, but I hear what you're saying and it's been on my mind. So let's talk about it right now. So we dug in and um, everybody's very excited about what we put about what we put together, but it's it's like that that growth things kind of do fall by the wayside, so you got to bring them back in, right? And, and that and that's also to do with integrity. The undercurrent on this is integrity and, and core values. So if the leader is getting outside or they're dumping stuff on that the other crews are like, hey, wait a minute, you're not doing that. It's also integrous to the man, the leader of that to go to the main leader and say, hey, you're dumping this on this. Let's do this. Let's talk about this because yep. we are, first of all, we are all human. We have that in common, no matter what you're doing and you rely on your team and it's integrity is it's um, equal onus. You know, the leader has to have integrity toward their team and the leader of the team has to have integrity up to be able to call the other leader out on the side and say, Hey, are we, are we doing this the way this, because what about this? And are you recognizing this? It's a both both fact, and you know I, I always say that you know one person can go far, but you can never go as far as you're capable of, or probably what the world needs to hear your music without a team behind you. And that team could be right. your spouse, it could be your work team, it could be something else. Yeah, yeah. Now, I mean, getting getting the right people around you is critical. Uh, as an example, we're bringing on, we're now two weeks into a graphic uh, graphics uh, editor. I'm not, why am I struggling for the word? Graphic assistant, video editing, right? All that stuff that you know, like Chris does that makes our show look yeah. nice. Those kinds of things. So we're bringing one in because I've always kind of said to myself, man, it'd just be great if I had a team of people around me that could pick up the dust bowl that I create and thought and an idea in forward direction, like pick up these batons when I need to hand them off because they're just going to break, fall or otherwise hit the ground, but like hand them off and not, and not be like, Oh, you do this little grunt work. You know, like you like, let's all support the direction and the vision together because we all agree. It makes sense. So bringing that person on has been fantastic. And I'm just finding all these new things that go farther. So to the point of like, you need to hire to where you're going. That's one, one little example. 
um, having you know, Jeff, people around you. Yeah, go ahead. As entrepreneurs and leaders, we need to be learning multiplication, not addition. And what I mean by that is entrepreneurs that are really wanting to scale need to get into multiplication. They don't need to be doing the things themselves. That is addition. Okay, I'm doing this task and this task. I can add another task. If I do this task, I can add another task. That's yep. addition. You'll never get any place. The society and technology and the way the world moves will outpace you uh, fast and you'll get burnout. We need to be doing multiplication. Here's where I want to go. I need to have this person, this person, this person. Now I just multiplied my efforts and I'm getting yep. farther down the road a lot faster. So CEOs, if we can think in terms of multiplication, even a thousand X, think of multiplication terms and apply that to our business, that is going to make, well, that's going to make all the difference in the world. And the only issue that I see, and I've walked walk some clients through it, is whenever they do that, they get that mastered, but they don't know how to steer it or apply brakes when they go around curves, meaning markets change, they can't pivot. That's where you got to have some driver in the seat that can see that visionary needs to be there and have the integrator with them to show how it works. That That's where that partnership comes back full circle into that when you're doing that. Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, being visionary means truly being visionary and being able to see those turns coming up, markets turning. I mean, we're looking at that right now where durable goods purchase, um, you know, in our in our main primary retail business. So we're looking at it. And the thing I told our team at the beginning of the year, I said, look, you know, we need to look at uh, the last couple of years kind of like Olympic scoring, right? Throw out the high score, throw out the low score and average it. Yep. I don't think we, we can't count 2021 as a number. We're not going to stress out about it because it was kind of this fever dream of everything, you know? Yeah. Uh, people getting used to what life is like on the other side of a pandemic, people getting used to having a bunch of free money in their bank account, you know, so we don't know. But I said, here's what we do know. If we follow our process, if we stay committed to our mission of changing the way people feel about mattress stores, right? Mm -hmm. That guides everything. I mean, if you think about that simple mission statement, it guides everything. It guides how you greet somebody when they walk in your store. It guides me when I leave. Uh, the day after we're recording this episode, when I leave to go to our industry's trade show, it's going to guide the vendors and the partners I set up with. Because mm -hmm. if I go and just pick what everybody else has, I ain't changing the way anybody feels about my store. I'm just changing the other options they have. I'm adding myself to the list of places they can go, right? So committing to that mission, changing the way uh, people feel about mattress stores really does guide what we do. So having that clarity is helpful and it transcends. Um, how are some ways that you've seen people dig into a mission in, in the couple of examples I just gave? You know, a couple of things that Stuman and some other people in the groups that we're in, they, they say no matter what the other outside world doing, we still keep going ahead and keep winning. Yep. Their slogan, meaning you still do the work no matter what, whether there's a check there for employees you know, whatever you want to follow, there's handouts, there's people, there's catastrophes, there's fear. You know, all of that, There, 10% is really reality. 90% is perception of the crap that you hear out there. So if you don't buy into all that, you just keep doing the work, you're going to outpace everybody else. That when things get clear, 
called, I call it driving through the smoke. When you drive through the smoke, you're still going to be the leader. You're still going to be doing it. The other thing that I preach to businesses is called um, service versus service excellence. You know, you, you're old enough, Jeff, that, you know, when we were kids, you would pull in, I, the example I always use, you pulled into a gas station years ago. They had that little black tube uh, in the parking lot. And when you go over the bell rings, ding, ding, and the yep. service guy would come out, he, you know, he used to check the air pressure in the tires. He'd pump your gas. He'd clean your window. Service excellence. You know, now they could character there. You're talking to a machine. You go through a drive through window at a, at a burger place or whatever, and they're, they're, they're rude. That you, you know, you're you're nothing. You're just a number. You know, Gerber's email be ten percent better if, if people in businesses just did things, whether it's a pandemic or not. They kept their nose down. They kept doing what they're doing, and they just did service excellence. Just ten yep. percent better than everybody else that's doing. Just did that little bit. They would be the one to go to that everybody would return to. Not so much because they're that good it's because nobody else is doing it yeah yeah i mean we uh you know to to close the loop on on 21 and 22 in, in the retail business i own um we grew we grew first half of this year fantastic i rode i rode every week like sea biscuit guiding the team you better believe it every week you know and i c- continue to do so and we, we've given up a little ground this month, but we've given up a little ground. We've also been doing this story model and this repaint. And I took that pivot. And I love your analogy of driving through the smoke, right? Like as long as you trust them, what you do is really good. Close your eyes and drive through the smoke. Yeah. If you've got the it, road built, if you've got the guide rails on, do it. Drive through the smoke. So I just pointed out to our team. I said, you know what? We're actually blessed. It's been really freaking hot and nobody wants to be outside. Like across the street at the major shopping hub, we're across from the major shopping mall in our, in our county. I mean, it's like a ghost town. It, it, it looks like April of 2020 over there because uh, the heat is just oppressive in our part of the world, which it is mostly everywhere right now. And uh, I said, it's a blessing though. Because when you talk service excellence, Brian, the, what we are presenting in our store during this remodel, because it's taken a lot longer, the painting company had issues with employees not showing up and being out, not service excellence, right? Um, we were extended about a week. And I said, you know, it's a blessing because we weren't able to put our best foot forward. We, we tried. I mean, we really moved stuff and, and made clear lanes and kept dust at bay. We worked with what we had, but it's a real blessing. And man, when we turn back on, because sure as it'll, sun will go down tonight, it'll come up tomorrow, it's going to snap and people will be back out. They are going to get a treat, an absolute treat when they visit our store. It, absolutely. It, it, you know, I use the analogy driving through the smoke. You know, the race car driver crashes in front of you. All you see is smoke. Mm-hmm. You're going 180. You just drive through and hope to God that, you know, there's no cars in there. Um, so when we go through the smoke, that also goes for our personal lives. I'm doing a program right now called 75 hard. I'm not promoting it. I'm not doing anything. I'm just saying what I'm doing. And it's a two workout a day thing. And you know, you can Google it, but there's days that I don't want to do the stuff, but I know 
that I got to do it. And the force of average, the world, the universe, whatever you have, sometimes it conspires against you where your car will break down, something will happen, the internet don't work, you know, time zones for different things. There's a million things that could pile on, but you got to trust the situation. I call that smoke. Yeah. I'm always driving through the smoke, no matter what. And I think the thing that does it, I know where I want to be. I Like we talked in the very beginning, I have my goals and my map of where I want to be. At the end of the week, then I monitor it daily and I end of the month, end of the year, and I break it down to like Andy says in uh, on first farm, Andy Priscilla's, the five daily tasks. So whatever my goal is for that week, I got to get those five daily tasks. So I know if I'm surrounded by smoke, my mission is to not worry about the smoke, but am I getting my five daily tasks that I got to do that's going to move my needle toward the end of the goal of that week, get me to my goal. If I don't do those, then I got to analyze why didn't it? And I learn from it. I never fail. I either learn or I win. And I think that's yeah. the mindset most people have to have. Yeah. I mean, to, to expand on this, you know, you call it smoke. You you said force of average. That's Ryan, one of Ron Steumann's key terms that he, co- I guess he coined, uh, certainly uses it and puts a lot of amplification behind it on his channels. Uh, Murphy's Law, some people might call it. No matter what you call it, um, I think you keep it at bay with consistency. You said five, you know, your five daily tasks. I've got the strides app in my phone. I have 17 things every day that I need to get done. One of them, by the way, Blue Cup Brother checking in. Did you notice? I see that. (laughs) We're both drinking our water. Uh, This one will mark a full gallon for me today. I, I, if I side note, I got to drink five of these a day and I got my gallon. This is number four. So yep. Yep. At, at, at my age, probably TMI, but at my age, if I go too far in the afternoon, evening, I'm up half the <laughs> night being so early in the morning. <laughs> yep. Me too. But, um, but no, for me, it's, it's, it's those things. And when I get a little delayed, I've been doing this now, that app, I've been practicing these habits for years, but organizing myself. And really managing myself better. And that's, I think, what we're really talking about here. Um, managing myself better through that app. When I get out of the gate and I'm, I'm whipping on that app, I'm riding it like Seabiscuit, the day is awesome. Just awesome. No smoke. No force of average. No Murphy's Law, right? And I think these things, they creep in. It, it, the universe is powerful and weird at the same time. Like, if it's like, oh, you know what, Brian, Jeff, you guys are a little off. I'm going to give you something. Let's give you this little test. I'm going to drop it in your lap and see how you handle it. But if you're busy being productive, busy managing yourself, leading yourself, those around you, I think that smoke is just a haze or it might just go away. What do you think? I mean, do you see that? Does that happen to you? A hundred percent. And I, I do know because I used to drive souped up cars, 800 horsepower plus with carbon fiber bodies. And I know when I'm zipping around doing faster than I should be doing, if I'm looking at the obstacles in the road, if I'm looking at the turn really close to me and I'm focusing on that, I'm not going to get through it. I'm not going to get by it. So yeah, if I'm on point on task with the mission of the day, the smoke is just like a minor haze. It just goes right by me. 
the other thing, what really clicked to me, I was talking with uh, one of my mentors years ago. And I said, man, why is there always an obstacle? Why is it? Can't it be a little easier? You know, what, what the hell, man? And he's like, you know, a couple of things. He said, if you were in the universe, you had a child and you wanted them to do a certain task, would you just give them anything and everything? You give your child every single thing they want because, oh, because what happens is you spoil the child. They don't appreciate it. So, you know, the universe puts obstacles sometimes. It was his belief. And I, and I kind of fostered this as mine that helped me get through some of these. And they are tests to make sure that we're staying on track. The other thing I think everyone, I know, well, I don't think I know, everything that comes to our life happens for us. And what I mean by that, I just walked a person, they're going through a divorce and a big bankruptcy at the same time. And they want to be a coach and a, a life coach to help um, battered women. And I said, you know, here's the thing. It, maybe this is in your life for a reason because you need to learn the lessons in here. Because just say down the road, six months, a year down the road, there's going to be another woman that is going to be positioned to be a world leader is in for cars. But she has to get through a divorce and a bankruptcy and everything else. You will come into her life and change her life because you have walked that road yourself. So these curses right now, they could be preparing you for something bigger and better that's going to bless someone else's life that's going to change society. You never know. So yep. don't focus on the smoke. Embrace it. Always look for the lessons. And what I found, Jeff, is if I don't find the lesson, the smoke will keep reappearing. I'll keep repeating that cycle, that pattern, until I'm like, oh, I have the Oprah aha moment when I finally learned the lesson. Then it, then it doesn't happen again. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, two two things on what you just shared. You know, the, the point of uh, can it be easier Uh you know, we never ask, can it be easier? We always ask that, right? Mm -hmm. But we never say the opposite. Well, can it, can I just have the success? Right? Like, cause that's to me, that's entitlement speaking. I try to stay very far away from that mindset and language as I can, but it's, it's, it's real interesting. So yeah, we, we, we always want it easier, but we need the hard. So we get the great success. That's the way I look at it. Uh, Hundred percent. And then you know when you're talking like your 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 person you were working with going through divorce. I think you I think you said they they might have been abused. Is that right? Um, yep. yeah. So you know, in our intro, Jessica Stroud, the struggle doesn't happen to us; it happens for us. I take that one step further. I've become I've come around here the last six eight months that sometimes this evil stuff that happens to us I think is put in our plate put on our shoulders because our creator, whoever that person may be that you believe in, sees in us that we've got the shoulders, we've got the spine, we've got the muscles, we've got the mental capacity to lift it up, take it in, spit it out positive. That's the way I look at it. And it, since coming to that realization, life's real different and it's real positive. It, it, and, you know, I was talking to a woman that she has imposter syndrome and imposter syndrome, for those of you that don't know what it is, it's basically you, you, you think, well, why would they want to talk to me? Why would they want to hear what I got to say? You know, it's imposter syndrome. Um, she, I, I told her, I said, listen, 
you're suffering from imposter syndrome that I've seen over my years. What causes it is you've fought and ground. You're a, you're a 18 year overnight success. You've built your way to the top. So you're, you haven't seen all the development and all the things that you've been going through. But on the other hand, some of them that just say they'll uh, overnight cryptocurrency multimillionaire. Boom. Next thing they're this. A lot of the ones that get success fast and they do this, the majority of them that I've talked with, interviewed and coached with, they don't suffer imposter syndrome. They're like, yeah, I'm the guru of this. I just did this. And it was fast. The ones that have imposter syndrome, they're always gut checking themselves. They're always, they're not the imposters. They're, they fail, they've failed. They've fallen. They've got back up. They've helped people. Those things is the quality over time. So they have the imposter syndrome and that is something that a lot of people mistake, uh, to be honest. And they mm-hmm. follow the one that got rich overnight, which is a vast mistake. The other thing that I tell them is you, you mentioned about going on and doing things. You get the idea. The universe puts the idea in. I'm telling them, listen, if, if the universe has commissioned you with an idea and you go share it with someone else and they poo poo on that idea, that doesn't mean that idea is wrong. That means that idea was given to you because you got that gift, that talent, that that thing in your heart that you're the one that's being commissioned to carry this out, not them. Yep. They will not see it. So now it's your obligation to carry this out and have faith that it will be manifested to you. So you've got to carry that out and don't waver on that task. If you do, then you're not only letting yourself down, you can be letting someone else down the road that needs to follow in your footsteps. Yep. The universe, under it's a chain reaction. So Follow it. Give me the idea. Make it happen. Well, and to add on that, you know, we're given these ideas, these moments of inspiration. I think individually, we all earn the right to say we're great, but that greatness is bestowed on us at first and we build on it. But if we ignore these ideas and we let one person, you know, crap all over it and it stops, maybe those ideas just stop coming to us. Right. Absolutely. So, like, so like we need we need to respect that and take it like it's a bowl of gold or a stack of a million one dollar bills or whatever you want to put in your mind like care for it like an infant bring it forth raise it up and put it out to the world uh, we owe that we owe that to whatever is giving us these moments of inspiration these ideas these opportunities we owe it because they can build great things for Everybody around us. It, it, and you know as well as I do, Jeff, you get, it's the small things. If you have the, if you take on the mantle of the task and you know it's not going to be an overnight thing, it's called doing the small wins daily, doing the grind daily that no one likes to do, the not fun stuff. And that is called grit. Grit is faith manifested into action. Grit is faith manifested into action. You got to have faith at the end of the tunnel. So you got to just keep grinding, grinding away. That's what grit is. A lot of people that I see, they don't have the grit to keep going. They have these big yeah. BHAG, big hairy ass goals, but their actions don't match what the goals are. They keep doing the same old mundane yeah. average actions, getting the same things. They're afraid of grit. They're afraid to take the mantle and act on faith. You got to keep pushing. Yeah. Well, it's become so easy with our society to like, Flash the BHAG, right? Like flash the car, flash the house. Here it is, yeah. an, Airbnb, an Airbnb you rented for the weekend. 
It, uh, you know, 100%. You don't, you don't own it. You know, you you rented that Lambo for two hours in Las Vegas and drove it way away from the strip so nobody knew what you were really doing, you know? <laughs> um, yeah. Things like that. Yeah, yeah. Now, the, the grit thing, go out there and get your grit on. I think that's a great place to kind of wrap up our time uh, for this episode, man. I've, I've loved our time together, Brian. I've loved getting to know you. Uh, we're doing business together in multiple ways. Uh, we got one of those intertwined, inter, intertangled relationships, which is all good yes. stuff. So, man, I've loved our time together. Thank you for stopping by the show and giving your time, pouring into our people that listen and watch. Um, love for you to uh, continue to check out the Big Ticket Life. We've had some of uh, Dr. B's info up on the screen, but in case you're a diehard audio person taken in podcasts, Brian, I wanted to uh, let everybody know how to get a hold of you if they're so inclined. Yeah, absolutely. First of all, find me on Facebook, DM me, DM you. Um, and the website, it's just my name, brianhawley.com, B-R-Y-A-N-H-A-W-L-E-Y.com. That's right. Brian with a Y. Why? Because he's awesome. <laughs> I'm, I'm still that. I'm telling my yeah. wife you said so. <laughs> there you go. There you go. All right. Well, there it is. BrianHolly.com. That's Brian with a Y. Check him out. Great man. Great leader and individual. Proud to do life with him. And he'd be proud to do life with you too if you all end up connecting. And uh, thanks for stopping by, Brian. We'll see everybody else next week on The Big Ticket Life. Take care. Thank you so much for taking the time to listen to this episode of The Big Ticket Life. You've heard from another amazing guest living their own big ticket life, and now it's time to live yours. First, I'd love for you to take me up on my free gift to you. Find your gift at gift.thebigticketlife.live. That's gift.thebigticketlife.live. See, all your life you've been told what is and what is impossible by the loudest voices from the cheapest seats. It's time to finally do life and business on your terms. Sure, you've heard similar things, but without clarity on what can be done, it's easy to have your customers, employees, maybe even partners, and your spouse keep you from truly living a big ticket life. My big ticket methods shift you into that investor seat, in your business, away from commodity and away from competition, into a market of one, so you can finally live your own big ticket life. So my gift to you is for you to book your discovery call today where we'll uncover first the Chivo behaviors, those chief everything officer behaviors that hold you back and why moving into the investor seat in your own business is critical. Two, we'll uncover the premium position that's up for grabs right now in your market that you're missing out on. And three, which big ticket methodologies are just waiting to be dropped into your business to explode your sales and profits. So again, thanks for listening to this episode. I'd love for you to take action right now. Accept this gift. Book your call. Go to gift.thebigticketlife.live. Again, that's gift.thebigticketlife.live.